Certain Starting Place is made possible by my amazing patrons on Patreon. You can support this channel and vote on future video projects by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash certain starting place. Hi everyone, this is Eric and welcome to the very first Certain Starting Place podcast. Just wanted to try something a little different here, branch out a bit and talk about some more contemporary movie stuff. I'll keep these short and I'll be uploading without much of a schedule. Just whenever something interesting happens in the movie world, specifically the movie awards world, or whenever I see some good movies that I just want to talk about. This week I'll be talking about two movies rolling out to theaters, Jojo Rabbit and The Lighthouse. But first, let's talk recent news. The box office this past weekend for November 1st through the 3rd has Terminator Dark Fate at the top of the list with just 29 million gross. Quite a disappointing weekend for a film with big franchise IP power. For comparison, this is about the same opening weekend that the last Terminator film had, Terminator Genesis, in 2015, and we sure don't talk about that movie much. So I think this franchise is really in trouble. I'm sure most of you movie fans out there have already had the same thought for years now, but this is getting quite dire for Paramount and this franchise. Even though James Cameron apparently did the story for this film and Paramount got both Linda Hamilton and Arnold Schwarzenegger to come back, I think this franchise is falling apart because people aren't interested in the new Terminators and new storylines coming into the series. And the further we get from a thriller or horror type of film, like the first two Terminator films, uh, the less interesting these movies are. Joker enters its fifth week in theaters and stays put at number two with 13 million gross. It is just shy of 300 million domestic after five weeks. The staying power of this movie is just astounding to me. I watched this film opening weekend. I really liked it. I won't get too far into it. But of all the things, I did not see this movie sticking around the top of the charts like this for so long. But hey, you make a good movie with some IP connections. You've got yourself a winner here. And I really do think the fact that Joker is a good movie is what's keeping it around. I don't think people see this as a superhero movie or a DC movie. And now after doing so well at the box office, I think the award aspirations for Joker have been uh, greatly lifted. Other films premiering this week. Harriet came in at rank four with a 12 million gross. Sounds like a pretty fair opening for a focus features drama. Edward Norton's directorial debut, Motherless Brooklyn, disappoints big time, just 3.6 million gross. Folks, this is pretty bad. I think Warner Brothers hoped for this to be a big prestige film and possible awards contender, but this is a bad opening weekend flub. Uh, I'm gonna try to see this in the upcoming weeks and maybe we'll see this climb the charts a bit over the next few weeks, but I have really low hopes that they're gonna dig themselves out of this rut. This might be just a full loss for Warner Brothers. Arctic Dogs premiered at number 10 with a 3.1 million gross. I have never even heard of this movie. It's an animated film by Entertainment Studios Motion Pictures. That sounds like a completely made up and fake name for a distributor. I don't know what the expectations are for a film like this, but I'm pretty sure this is a flop. Uh, looking outside the top 10, I wanted to note that Parasite at rank 11 actually had an amazing weekend, although it only grossed 2.6 million this week. That's a 43.7% increase, according to Box Office Mojo. That's huge. The distributor, Neon, is doing a very slow rollout of this film, trying to build buzz without exposing themselves to a ton of theaters yet. And I think it's working brilliantly for them. And it's the exact same story for Jojo Rabbit at rank 12. 
Fox Searchlight distributed to another 200 theaters this weekend, so more people are getting the opportunity to see it. And again, I think this strategy is really working for them. It's a 130% increase in gross revenue. You gotta be happy with the tremendous growth, even though the film is just in a few theaters so far. It bodes well for the film as it continues to roll out to the rest of the country. So let's talk about Jojo Rabbit. I'll keep this spoiler free and pretty short, just some thoughts about the film. Here's your synopsis from IMDb. A young boy in Hitler's army finds out his mother is hiding a Jewish girl in their home. This was written and directed by Taika Waititi, who also stars as an imaginary Adolf Hitler. The cast is led by Roman Griffin Davis as the titular 10-year-old boy Jojo, and Thomason McKenzie as Elsa, the girl in hiding. Also stars Scarlett Johansson, Sam Rockwell, Rebel Wilson, Stephen Merchant, and Archie Yates as Yorkie, picking up the Cute Kid Award for the year. Now, the trailers for Jojo Rabbit really overplay YTT as Hitler, and they underplay everyone else. Hitler is a minor character in this film. The story really does not focus on this imaginary French dick very much. The whole cast was lovely, specifically Scarlett Johansson as Jojo's mom, Rosie, who is, she's often just putting entire scenes on her back. The script was surprisingly strong. Lots of stuff was more complicated than I was prepared for. And I think this has a lot to do with the setting of the film. The movie takes place late in World War II as the tide begins to turn against Germany. And this puts a totally different spin on all of the German subplots. And at the same time, although the movie doesn't say anything really new in its themes, if you will, we all hopefully already know that Nazis are awful, the film does come from a fresh and engaging perspective, and therefore, there are many interesting and complex emotions flowing through the script. The comedy surprisingly worked for me. I had really low hopes, I thought the humor would be pretty easy and dumb, but it's much better than I thought. And certainly my whole theater was loving it, people were cracking up throughout. Going into the film and knowing just a little bit about the movie, it was really hard to judge the tone and figure out what the movie is trying to do when the film combines so many different and difficult subplots. Kind of had my head spinning for a second. But guess what? YTT kills it here, and I think everything glues together really nicely. For this reason, I gotta expect YTT to pick up future Best Director nominations and probably Best Writing nominations for the screenplay. All of my low expectations for this movie were easily met and exceeded. I highly recommend this film, 8 out of 10. When The Lighthouse opens, I was excited and thrilled to be watching what I thought would be a truly important horror film. And when I left the theater, I was sweating profusely and I felt like I just survived uh, a Final Destination event. This is the kind of movie that fills your soul with wicked and wild emotions, uh, but then takes years off your life. Your IMDb synopsis, the hypnotic and hallucinatory tale of two lighthouse keepers on a remote and mysterious New England island in the 1890s. The film was written and directed by Robert Eggers, who last brought us 2016's The Witch. It stars Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson as the two lighthouse keepers, and they are essentially the only living souls on camera for the entire runtime. And that synopsis does not touch on how horrifying this film is. Every image is striking and frightening. Uh, even a simple shot of Willem Dafoe having a lobster dinner puts you on edge 
from uh, the startling black and white cinematography. And where The Witch was a more quiet film out in the isolated wilderness of the New England woods, this film could not be more loud if it tried. Your ears will beg for mercy from the crushing score and the sound effects. Combined with the imagery, I must say, I have never had such an exhilarating and horrifying theater experience. The film was brilliant all the way through, though. I haven't heard a lot of awards hype for this film yet, but it's deserved. The cast is amazing, and Eggers is deserving of a directing nomination. Perhaps the old English language and the horrifying nature of the film will push voters away from it. But this would be a fascinating film to make an awards splash, and it would all be well-earned and well-deserved. This film is absolutely not for the light of heart or for your average moviegoer, but this is the kind of wild cinematic adventure that I beg for in most of my Oscar movie reviews on the YouTube channel. For that reason, I don't see it going really far with the Academy, but it should be celebrated for its fascinating, dreadful journey. I highly recommend this movie if you think your heart is strong enough for it. 8 out of 10. And that will do it for this first Certain Starting Place podcast. Please let me know what you think, if you think I should keep going with all this or whatever. I'm still working on what I can do here in this format. So I look forward to working on this and crafting something a bit laid back, but still interesting in the cinema space. To support Certain Starting Place, please consider visiting my Patreon at patreon.com slash certain starting place. This has been Eric. I'll see you all on the other side.